remain standing, turn in your pew Bible to page 109. Our scripture passage this morning is out of Exodus, Exodus chapter 14. We'll be reading verses 13 through 25. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, will, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that, so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all of his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of the Lord, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off so they had difficulty driving and the Egyptians said, let us get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. This is the word of God for the people of God. Be seated. Fourth of July weekend, freedom. I'm just going to be very honest. It's great to be back. It's really, really good to be back. Um, <clears throat> we've been walking, working on a series, inventorying our backpacks. It's 4th of July weekend, so it's freedom. But we're at that point in our series of talking about the rocks that we carry, the things that we have in our backpack, and told you we need homework to, to do and to... to rifle through your backpack and figure out what are some of the things that you're carrying that you don't need to be carrying that's not supposed to be in there. But then what are some of the other things? What are some of the gifts that God's given you? What is your purpose? What is the portrait of who you are to be that God has already written, that he's already sculpted of who you are becoming? So there's a lot to inventory in our backpacks of life. But we get to that point of understanding that we are carrying things that we have picked up along the way. It could be loss, it could be anger, it could be denial, it could be betrayal. We could be that person that constantly asks questions because we're just skeptic of everything that goes on and we're just not sure that we can really trust this God thing. It can be loss, hurt, pain, the list goes on and on. 
So we're at that point of looking at those things and picking those things up and, and, and holding those and identifying what those are and looking at God and going, so what do I do with this now? What a great time to talk about freedom. Because we have it. We have freedom. In this passage, there's so much in this passage to understand and to learn and to be able to, to take what happened back then at that point in time when this miraculous thing took place and the sea opened up and the children of Israel went through and they were freed from the enemy that was chasing them. There's so much to learn here. So we're going to kind of work our way through and pick out a few key points. But before we go any further, sermon in a sentence. Sometimes freedom is a process of deliverance. Sometimes freedom is a process of deliverance. Now, all of us would agree that whatever we may have in our backpacks that we want to get rid of, we would love for the Holy Spirit to come down out of heaven, the clouds open up, and he reaches his hand down in our backpacks, and he takes all of those things at one time, and then you're free to go. That would be wonderful. Is it possible? Absolutely. Because with God, anything is possible. So it's possible for those to be removed in an instant, just like the lame to get up, the blind to see, the dead to raise. All of those things are possible. But sometimes there's a process that God wants to walk us through, to teach us and to train us, to know how to deal with these things so that, just like we read in Exodus, so that God may be glorified. Sometimes that process, as painful as it may be, is part of God putting him on display through our lives. Sometimes freedom is a process of deliverance. So here we have Moses. And, and I really love verses 13 and 14. Because Moses and, and God kind of talk to each other. So here's Moses, and he looks at the children of Israel, and he says to them, Stand firm, you will see the deliverance of the Lord today. The Egyptians you will never see again. You need to be still. That's biblical, right? We read that in Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. Here's Moses, and he's like, Okay, everybody, just be still. God's going to handle this. I love this part. God says, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Am I the only one that sees the contradictory statements here? It is. It's contradictory, isn't it? And here's, here's what's happening is that there are times, and it, it happened in Moses' life, and I'm going to talk about this, and we'll be able to apply it to yours. But there is time in Moses' life when he stood before Pharaoh, and he did all of these works of God. All of the plagues hit. The snake, he took his rod, he threw his snake on the ground, it became a snake, and then it ate up all the other magici magicians' snakes. Moses saw all these things happen. He saw the locusts come. He saw the frogs come. He saw the rivers turn to blood. He saw the firstborn die. And God is moving and working through him to what? 
free the people. So now, Moses has led them out of Egypt. They are coming up to the sea. And Moses is like, hold on. <laughs> Guys, we just need to be still. Now, if it was me, I would have been standing there, man, I've got to gather my thoughts and figure out what's going on in front of this sea in front of me because, you know what, there's not a way forward and there's not a way back. And God says, why are you crying out to me? Well, why would God say that? Moses, I have shown you over and over and over and over that I am with you in the purpose that I have set for your life. If I can control the sea, if I can control the blood in the water, if I can bring the animals, if I can do all these things, do you not think that I've got a way to get across this water? As parents, there are times that we teach our kids things. It can be anything. Put the ketchup bottle away. I mean, it doesn't have to be hard. Put your trash in the trash can. Right? Wipe up the table. If you spill something on the floor, clean it up. It doesn't have to be difficult. But there comes a point in time for all of us parents that it happens for the umpteenth millionth time and you go, haven't I told you this already? What do you do when this happens? And we start to walk them through it. And there's no difference in that situation that we live in and God looking at Moses and going, Moses, I have called you to free these people. I have shown you all of these things. I have shown you who I am. Put your hands up in the air and split the sea. You don't need me to intervene for you at this point. You've been taught. You've been trained. I'm teaching you to trust me. And that's what happens. God went on to talk to Moses, just like we would our children, to further explain what he was going to do and how he was going to do it. And that's God with us. Even when we get in those points, and those points in our lives when, when we're like, oh man, I don't know if I should, I don't know if I can take this step. God's like, I've already said I'm with you. I will lead you through this. Move. So we look at these rocks that we have in our backpacks. And it can be loneliness or worry, lack of self-worth, all of these things that we carry. And we look at this like it's the Red Sea. And we're coming up to this and we're like, how are we ever going to get across? How am I going to get past this? And then you have all of your past and all of the old that you feel like is bearing down on you because they're going to kill you. And it's going to just destroy your life. And you're never going to escape that grief or that regret. And you just feel lost and you're like man just hold up a second i just need to stay still just i need to be still for a moment and god's like move move through this 
Because what we think has power doesn't. God will defeat it, and not only will he defeat it, he uses it as a platform to show himself strong. You see, we miss out on that blessing and that miracle. And I know each one of us, whatever your rock may be, or rocks, but there's always one that stands out more than anything else, that you know this is the thing, you know this is the boulder that is weighting me down the most. And you would sit there and go, if I could get rid of this boulder, it would be a miracle. And all God is doing is telling your heart to move through it. The cloud, God, God directed and led and overshadowed the children of Israel with, a, with a, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. It talks about that in, in this scripture. And God goes from leading them to the edge of the Red Sea to moving behind them between them and their enemy. Isaiah even talks about God being our rear guard. And he comes in between those things. And he sets himself strong so that we can move forward. And there are times that God intervenes just like this. He brings confusion. He even made their wheels of the chariots fall off. Have, has, has you ever been in a situation or in a relationship with someone and they're after you, they're attacking you, and all of a sudden everything that they're saying just falls apart? It just doesn't make any sense anymore? The ignorance and what they're spilling is revealed? That's a spiritual movement. That's a spiritual movement. That's the kind of power you have on your side. For those of you who are leaders, that's a catch-22 because you all are in some form or fashion. You're either leading the right direction or the wrong direction, but you're leaders. No matter who you, you are, you're leaders. Your sphere of influence, God has placed you in your sphere of influence to impact. We can take so many lessons here from Moses. As he's learning how to lead by trusting in the Lord. Moses, Moses is learning. He's understanding to go, oh yeah, man, I, did, I saw you do this and this and this and this. Well, why wouldn't you part the Red Sea? We've all been there. Sometimes we forget about those things because we're more focused on our immediate issue. When God is timeless, he's the same God back then as he is today as he will be in the future. So as we understand who he is holy then we can apply his power to where we are today and the situations we are in today. First Corinthians 3.17. I'm mean, second Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we talk about even on 4th of July and, 
and Veterans Day and Memorial Day and all. You know, freedom isn't free. Freedom isn't free. Imagine you being Moses standing in front of the Red Sea. And God tells you, move. <laughs> With what? <laughs> no, there is no life raft. There's not a bridge to be built. What, what do I do with this? You have to think outside of the physical box in what God can do and what he will do. God is not contained by the physical what we see around us. If we live that way, we miss out on so many amazing things. Whether you're sick or recently had surgery, you can look and go, man, the doctor was just amazing. Absolutely. But who did it? God did. It's looking outside of our normal viewpoint to see life through God's eyes and to step into what he's calling us into. He's calling us to something that is greater than ourselves. And to do that, you have got to be ready for some miracles. Whether it's a change of heart, or whether it's something miraculous that only God could have shifted from the heavenlies to open up a door for me to step through. Only God could have parted the Red Sea. But at times, as leaders, you're going to have to put your arms up. And you're going to have to put your staff up. And you're going to have to put yourself out there. Think about that. Turn around to a million, two million people and go, hold on, I'm just going to put my staff in the air and I'm going to split these waters. We got this. <laughs> yeah. And somebody from the back row is going to yell, you have lost your mind. <laughs> and you know, in your response, what it, see, these are, these are the things that literally, you know, church, we need to think through these things because these situations are coming. What will your response be? Watch this. And that's just us moving to that level of confidence to know that the Spirit of the living God who would lead us, who would come behind us, who would come beside us, who would walk us through such a time to bring us to freedom. So as we look at our rocks in our backpacks, you don't have to keep it in your backpack. You don't. You can surrender it. You may already know how. You may have no idea. But you can always go to the Father and ask Him. Because where the Spirit of the living God is, there is freedom. And if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then that Holy Spirit has been deposited into your life. And what He wants for you is freedom. Because there's a portrait for you to become. There's a purpose for you to fulfill. And you may not see how yet, but there's a way. There always is. There's a way. And that way is through Christ.
and it's going to be a little bit different thinking. It's not the norm, which is what we're getting used to around here. But there's a way. There's a way. And those of you who have experienced some freedom in your life, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it, 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 it makes you want more. At points I want to say it's addicting. But it is. To live in freedom and to lose shackles and to have your backpack lightened. To be able to run and to move into and to do those things that God has called you to do. Even if it's just a little seed in the back of your mind going, I think this might be God, but you know what? I'm just going to leave this over here. And if it chases me down, then maybe it's Him. Or I'm going to throw the towel in. Or I'm going to, you know, I've got this thought in my head. Maybe I should do X, Y, Z. Well, you know what? That just sounds crazy. That's probably God. But it sounds crazy for me to do that. I'm not going to say anything else. If somebody brings that up to me, then, then maybe that's Him. But there's freedom. And sometimes it's not easy. To step into the Red Sea, I'm sure, was not easy. But there was freedom on the other side. Freedom. Sometimes freedom will cost you, and sometimes it's a process of deliverance. <clears throat> In life, we treat things with... There's, there's normal routines that we have. I'm just going to talk about emotional responses for one quick second. Sometimes we have emotional responses. Somebody may say something to us, it frustrates us. Automatic. <clears throat> my, some, some days my kids won't come talk to me because I walk in the house a certain way. I, the way I shut the door will tell them whether they're going to talk to dad or not. You know, it's, that's just, it, it's sometimes we, we, sometimes there are a few of us that have those Yeah, just a few of us, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can all identify with that. But we have these things, and I call them well-worn paths. And I can, man, on, on my paths, the, the grass is beat down. I mean, I've taken time to pave it. Because this is the direction I'm going to go. This is my reaction I'm going to have. This is my facial expression. This is how I'm going to react. The freedom comes from starting a new path and to deny that well-worn path and to start blazing a trail this way. And that's our freedom. But you know what? Sometimes blazing that trail is hard because we even start on this path, but then we get used to this one and we might get two or three steps down a new path and we're just like, man, that's just too much work. I'm going back over here because, man, this is easy walking. But what we don't realize is once we release ourselves from that well-worn path and we create a new path, that there is so much more freedom there. And what happens is it's not just freedom for me, but it's freedom for everybody else around me. Because then all of a sudden, Dad's approachable. And you know what? That changes hearts. It changes hearts. Sometimes creating those new paths is hard. But the same God who would save my soul will lead me down that new path. And he will change my heart. And he will change my responses. And he will change my facial expressions. 
because he wants to impact the hearts around me. You see, he loves me dearly, without question. But you know what? He died for everyone else around me too. Everybody else. He loves them that much. At times, he loves them so much, he's wanting to put me through the ringer. Church, it's worth it. The changes, the shifts, the new paths, the being willing to step out and put your arms up and ask the Red Sea to be split in front of everybody. It's worth it. Because he's worth it. He died for you. He died for me. Can I not put myself on the altar? And the answer is yes. There may be times you have to duct tape yourself to it because you want to jump up off of it. At the same time, he will honor it and he will love you through it and he will help you to become everything that he's created you to be. No matter how difficult it may seem, there is glory on the other side. And God even said twice in that passage that I will use Pharaoh for my glory. So those things and those, those enemies that come against you to stop you and how the enemy comes in to, to make you feel condemned and unappreciated and worthless, God is looking to take what is wrong and build a stage for him to show himself powerful and strong. So through our willingness, God will show who he is. And he will get his glory. And he will get his glory. Church, we get to be a part of him showing himself powerful and strong. And we've been doing that. And that thrills my heart to watch so many things happen on our front here, just from our church. God is who he says he is. He is our freedom. And we can trust him. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day that you've given us. Father, as we go into a time of communion, Lord, I just pray that you'd move upon our hearts. God, that we, we hold our hearts out to you. We ask you, Father, to move. Father, I ask that you, through your Holy Spirit, show us things that we need to surrender. Father, those things that we need freedom from. And Father, that you would give us the strength to trust you, to free us. Lord, we love you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.